You thought Michael Jackson was scary in this video. Fast forward the clocks 20 years. Somebody on the text line with the 660 always seems to enlighten me with information I didn't know. A baseball player hit a bird this year in warm-ups. I did not know that. Did he hit it like Randy Johnson? Like where a it was, pitcher? Yeah. yeah. Was it a pitcher that hit it, though? Somebody from the 660 also says, Chiefsaholic, last dude I thought of using a mask. Which is funny. He used a wolf mask. He's trying to out here slander the wolf. I saw Aaron Ladd retweeted someone who did that for, for Halloween. Really? Yeah. Laddie daddy, huh? I, I'm shocked we didn't see more of that this year, honestly. Chiefs of Holic stuff. Yeah. From what I've seen, like, via Snapchat and Instagram, I've seen a lot of Taylor Swift, Travis Kelsey, obviously. Uh, recent Recency bias on those. I've seen um, a lot of Barbie stuff. Yeah. I saw some Allens out there. I saw Dan Levitar was Ken. It was, like, hilarious. Um... Still see a lot of kids as Mahomes. Respect. Um, and I saw a lot of Wednesday Adams. I guess that show's pretty good on Disney Plus. I think that's what it's on, or Netflix. I don't know. I haven't watched it. But it is that time of the night. Every night that we do this show, that we do the out of left field questions. Hit it up, Grant. Always to the theme of green onions. Tonight's out of left field question. A friend of mine. She was like, hey, I was out today, and somebody asked a great question that I think would work for your out-of-left-field question. Two notes of that. One, awesome, dedicated listener. Two, thanks for reaching out and giving me an idea. I love it. We do this every night at 8 o'clock, so feel free, at Dusty Likens on Twitter or at Instagram, whatever you tag that on. Um, and maybe you have an idea of what a question is. Tonight's question on the Jay Southland Toe Service text line, 913-586-7610, is if you were in a horror movie, would you live or would you die and why? By the way, follow-up, no, the ball hit the bird just pregame throwing the ball around, not even a fast pitch, and managed to hit a slow, dumb bird. That bird's time was coming, for sure. But again, the question is, if you were in a horror movie, Halloween-themed, obviously, we told you this is going to be the show all night, would you live or would you die and why? I'll go first. I am so dead. I am not only dead, but I am the example death. I'm the first guy to die. Because in every horror movie that you've ever seen, there's always that death, right? Like there's the Johnny Depp death in Nightmare Before, a Nightmare on Elm Street, right? The gruesome blood death in his bed where I think he gets like pulled under the into the bed and blood sprays everywhere. Example death. It could happen to any of us. It happened to Johnny. Don't be Johnny. Or, you know, scream. Drew Barrymore. Dead right out of the shot. Example death. They got this poor, sweet, innocent girl and her frat boy, jock boyfriend. Tied him up to a chair and killed him on her back porch. The reason I think I would die is because, A, I'm too loud. And two, I've got, I think, ADD. I don't know for a fact. Never been tested. I know I have OCD. Like, my room is always kept close and nice. My car is always clean. Neat freak OCD cousins. But I'm dead because 
I'm too loud. I'm too proud, and I trust people too much. Like, I'd bring, I'd bring damn Mike Myers into my house. Like, man, you look lost. Why don't you come in here? Dead. Freddy Krueger, what happened to your face, man? Did you light a cigarette you didn't know it was laced in PCP? And your face burnt? Let's get you some, you know, let's get you some ointment. Let's get you some Neosporin for that face. And then there's a claw going right into my chest. So I'm dead. Too nice. Trust people. Too loud. Too much ADD. Out of here. I'm not living in a horror movie. I'm dead, too. Yeah. There's no chance I'm not making it. I just don't think I really have that main character energy. And I think I'm dead like two thirds of the way through the movie. Like a bunch of people have died already. And I'm kind of like, hey, I'll go. I, mm-hmm. I got to go scope out the next thing. Or like I'll double back to see if anybody else made it. And right. I take one. I go one step too far. And they get me. And the main character has to finish it There's off. There's no way he's down here. I promise. It seems legit. I was just down there, dude. Yeah. I, I scoped out. We're good. Guy's dressed up in a clown suit. He's not going to kill us. He's just crazy. Duh. My buddy Robert says I'd survive because the directors and writers would be like, he's great. We need him for the sequel. No, they would just want you for your Australian accent. That's why you live. Foreign people don't die. Loud, obnoxious white people, they die. I check all those boxes. 913 says, why would you die? Just sacrifice your buddy and you'll make it longer. I feel like I'm the guy that gets sacrificed a little bit, though. Like, I'm too slow, and I'm like, hey, go on without me. Mm-hmm. I think I would do that. I think I would be that guy. Like, oh. my leg gets caught in a bear trap or something. I'm like, hey, you guys got to keep going. I think the reason I would do that is most times when that happens, that guy gets the girl for, like, 30 seconds. Yeah, that's true. He's got, like, a mini redemption. Mm-hmm. People are like, oh, yeah. And out. Yeah. Like, that's the way that goes. Like... You don't have to do this, Billy. Yes, I do. You go get those people to safety. I'll stay back and take him on. Big old wet sobbing kiss. You get a little bit of excitement, and then you're dead. And that's how I'd be fine dying. Because everybody be like, that nerd, that nerd that died. Like, have you seen Stranger Things? The dude, Billy, that plays the guitar on the roof and gets killed by those demon bats? That's what you want to be. You want to play, you know... Monster or whatever that song is by Metallica. Somebody from the 816 says, I'd live because I'd be the killer. Good God. These people are walking among us, Dusty. I'm telling you, man. That's, Every day. It's, it's fit in the script tonight of the out of left field question. You're finding out real quick who you shouldn't speed next to on the highway. Who you should open the door for at the gas station. Uh, World Series game's officially over. It's 10-0, Texas, in the third. Somebody says it's more fun to be the killer. It's getting worse. Somebody from the 913, I'd be the third kill of the movie. You're Ryan Phillippe, and I know what you did last summer. They find you in an ice chest at a, you know, beauty pageant. I didn't even know that guy was missing, and now he's dead. Yep. 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 And then you're horrified even more. Because that guy gets killed. The third kill of the movie gets killed off screen. Yep. He's like, hey, me and Tom, we're going to go check out the mm-hmm. high school. And then, boom, next time you see him, he's dead. Yep. And they they tend to be pretty good looking. Girl or guy. 913-586-7610. Jay Southland, Toe Service, text line. If you were in a horror movie, would you live or would you die? If so, why? 
Somebody says from the 913, I'm black. We know how this goes. No doubt, unfortunately. Somebody from the 913, I'm done. Just kill me. Like, that's what I get down to is like in these movies, like, do you even want to live and go through all this, you know, trauma? After all your friends are just getting, you know, gutted and slashed. You want to tell your kids about what happened? Like, imagine being Sarah Whittle in Jumanji. You watched a kid get sucked into a board game, and for years you were called crazy. I don't care what y'all say, Jumanji's somewhat scary. The beat of the drums in that movie haunted my sleep. That's a true story. The hunter that's just always popping up, shooting like a 1916 rifle. And that dude, Robin Williams, got sucked into a game. Only way he came back is if someone rolled a five or an eight. If I'm Sarah Whittle, man, I'm I'm out. I'm gone. Somebody says from the 913, I'd be the one smoking weed with the killer like Marlon Wayans. But I think he died. He rolled him up in a dube and then and just, that, I, mean, I guess that's the way you want to go. 660 says, it depends. Mm. Does the killer have hands like Sky Moore or Travis Kelsey? Solid. Tough. Yeah. So I guess if it's Sky Moore, he's like Edward Scissorhands. I think Edward Scissorhands would still kill you. Yeah, I don't know. Edward Scissorhands kind of freaked me out, too. Like, I, I just really didn't like uh, horror flicks. If I'm alone, I'm dying because I'm uh, attacking the killer. If I'm with people, I live because I'll protect the others. 816, I'm that fat, funny guy who disappeared halfway through the movie that just shows up at the end with, like, an axe and a broken leg. They didn't put that last part, but that's how that fat guy comes back and helps everybody out. There's George. I got it. And then he's the one, the final scene, the killer's dead, and he's getting on the stretcher, and they're they're taking him to the hospital. But see, that's the thing, man. The main characters are getting, like, coats on, and mm-hmm. everyone's like, I can't believe this happened. Yep. And the one guy that died got to kiss the girl before he died. And that's all that matters, because George, the fat guy that saved the day, nobody's sending him a car in the hospital. You should have been there the whole time, George. Why'd you disappear? I saved the day. Yeah, well, you're fat. So? Respect to the fat guy that saves the day. Because without him, you're all dead. 913-586-7610. If you were in a horror film, would you live or would you die? If so, why? Someone has to be the hero, so I'm the guy that kills the killer. Fair enough. Yeah. Because, like, who ends up... In Scream, they kind of kill themselves, don't they? Like, they stab each other. I don't think I've ever seen Scream all the oh, way wow. through. Okay. The call's coming from inside the house. Yeah. What's the line? I'm going to gut you like a fish? Good hell. That was a popular costume that's still around to this day, the, the ghost face. I think that's the actual name of that is ghost face. I could be wrong. 913-586-7610. That was the question out of left field tonight is... If you were in a horror movie, would you live or would you die? Thank you for the suggestion from earlier today. This is a Halloween edition on After Hours. For Grant Nicholson, I am Dusty Likens. We dive back into what we led this show with. And what I mean by that is we dive back into, well, I get it. Nothing's really changed. Just a little heartbreaking loss. It's a scrape on the shin. It's not a six-inch gouge in your calf. This is After Hours with Six-Inch Sports 
You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Some more questions or some more answers coming in from the out of left field question. If, uh, if you were in a horror movie, would you live or would you die? 913 says it would be 50-50. I'm athletic, so I can survive and fight off some of it. But athletes never live in horror films, so eventually I get smoked. See? You know who lives? Nerds. They just know. From the 816, I think I would probably die because it always seems like the girls end up gil- killing the killer. That's fair. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Right. Scream and Halloween yeah. both have female protagonists. Mm-hmm. Halloween, like, their protagonist, like, she just went on a spree. Like, eventually I would just end it myself and be like, I can't do this every year. I honestly don't even know how they still do Halloween, like, movies. Some of these towns, like, wouldn't you just move away? If every, like, two to three years, like, a crazy killer shows up? You'd think so. Respect to the nerds, though. You guys are the ones that live. Minus Jurassic Park, but that's not really a horror film. That nerd. Newman. He deserved it. Um, After Hours Halloween Edition. Hope everyone's had a happy Halloween. Hope everybody's been safe out there. Uh, just, just drive. Respectful tonight. Don't. Don't try to get home in a hurry, whether you're coming home from your job. Are you one of those people that, you know, let's say you're going to a costume party tonight. You've got a pretty, you know, liberal job. You don't have to go in the next day. You can take the day off. Would you go out to eat in your costume? I'm no. Yeah. I'm not really wearing a costume out except for, like, if I'm going to a party. Yeah. But what if they're like, we need to stop and eat at a restaurant first, and you're just full-blown, you know, Forrest Gumping it? I guess so. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Somebody says from the 816, I would live because I don't trust anyone or anything. See, that's my biggest flaw. Loners get killed, though. They can. They they, they go out on their own, and they, they think they're invincible, and then they're just knife in the back. It's a tough go out there. It's a fun, serious question. Um. Trade deadline came and went. James Palmer on NFL Network today. I mean, I think things started circulating with the Chiefs, Mike, right, because of the way the performance of the wide receiver position has been over the last couple of weeks and the way it was last week specifically against the Broncos. I think you ask all Chiefs fans everywhere. They said, Brett Feast just signed DeAndre Hopkins. It's easy. It's a layup. Just bring him in. But from what I was told is we're not really going to do anything at the deadline. We know the way Brett Feach likes to stop pile picks. We know the way he likes to focus on the draft, getting cheaper, younger talent around these star players that are making a lot of money in Kansas City. They believe they were just have been sloppy, Mike, over the last couple of weeks with the receivers. They still think they're going to turn the corner. They were never really in the market on trying to make a play at that position. So the Chiefs stand pat, no pun intended, but again, I don't think there's a whole lot to be worried about when you look at who the Chiefs are, right? You got to get used to what this team is. You got to get used to the way they move around the trade deadline year in and year out. This year was pretty self-explanatory, right? Like there was, you know, not a lot of money and there wasn't a whole lot of, you know, draft capital that you could have. And this was Pete Sweeney's Sunday night 
after the loss to the Broncos. Yeah, I mean, I kind of said it before. I mean, ideally, you would have $10, 15 $20 million to work with. The Chiefs don't have that. I mean, they're, they're really up against it in like 4 or $5 million. So I think this is the team. Uh, and uh, it would have been better, and you would have felt more comfortable had they taken care of business today. Um, but I, I think these are the guys that – they're moving forward with and and that addition has become uh, McCole Hardman obviously didn't have a great game today um, better game last week but uh, yeah I, I, I think Rasheed Rice is going to be the guy it's the world of so the, the world on his shoulders uh, of a rookie um, and, and we'll see I mean I could be wrong about that but I, I just can't see it with the amount of room that they have you weren't Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride chief editor there um, at that wonderful website for Arrowhead Chiefs News um, they didn't make a move. They went and got McCole Hardman, right, with the Jets. Had an impact on the first game he was here. Last week, another impact, but in a negative way. This is who they are. Um, I also kind of get the sense that the Chiefs are pissed. So I would expect a little bit of a petty Pat Mahomes game, right? Because it seems that the standards for the Chiefs, which well respected I get it they're a little bit different than everybody else they're still six and two they're still atop of the top of the AFC they still own the one seed but the standards are always going to be different for the Kansas City Chiefs and it is what it is right and the the best way that I can kind of give it an analogy for what this is is Maybe you were on a sports team and the coach's son was the best athlete on the team. And a lot of times you saw the coach's son get coached a little harder, uh, be held to a higher standard, or maybe it wasn't even the coach's son. Maybe it was just like the best athlete on the team. They were held to a different standard. Sometimes you didn't understand it and sometimes you did. Right, I still remember as a kid. I went when we were we would have like baseball practice in the wintertime, We'd go to the machines. We'd go out in Grain Valley in an old warehouse, and there was always this kid that was out there with his father. And however many balls he didn't line drive back to the middle, he would do ten push-ups for. And he would be very angry if he had to do twenty push-ups. And I remember looking at my dad in the car afterwards, being like, "Why was you know that guy having to do that?" And he's like, "Well, his dad just wants him to be really, really good." And there's sometimes a problem with that. Sometimes parents live vicariously through their children, and it's sad to see. But others are held to a different standard. Like in our team, if you hit five ringers back to the cage or back to the machine, you got a baseball card or something like that. And the Chiefs are just going to be held to a higher standard. Is it annoying? Sure. Does it get tiresome? Probably. But everything is going to be ultrally zoomed in anytime the Chiefs show a flaw or anytime the Chiefs show something of irregular behavior. And right now, the Chiefs have that standard. Why? Because they've been to three Super Bowls in five years. Because Mahomes has never traveled in the playoff game outside of a Super Bowl. Because they've been so great, because they have seven consecutive conference championship wins, that's just who they are. And when other teams and local media look around and say, well, the Ravens lost to Pittsburgh and Lamar threw an interception in the end zone after a fumble on a kickoff, 
We're not talking about that. That's because the Ravens aren't at that standard that you're at. And I get it. It's annoying. It's frustrating. But it's respectful. And we played enough audio tonight, right, of, oh, Chiefs didn't make a move at the trade deadline. They didn't go get a veteran wide receiver. It's easier said than done. There are semantics that you can argue as to why they did or didn't make a move, why they went with McCall Hardman instead of somebody else. You could defend the fact that Andy Reid's playbook is not necessarily the easiest thing to comprehend within four or five weeks to ramp up for a playoff run. But everyone that's on this roster right now is familiar with that playbook, is familiar with what that run is like. They just did it last year and won the entire thing. Now, there are some players on this roster that aren't, but the key players are, right? Chris Jones, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, McCall Harbin knows, Trent McDuffie, Sky Moore even, Kadarius Toney, Legarius Sneed, all those guys that are what you would consider like your core players, they know what it's like. All they've got to do is polish and execute. You have a coaching staff that you trust, right? Miami, they play a team against, or they play a team that has a good defense. They don't fare well. We can cut, we can, we can com- converse on that all night because that's just the truth. Do I expect the Chiefs to be there at the end of the season? Absolutely. Is this the ride that we're all used to? 100%. Because when you win a lot and you win in bulk, like this was the first time in seven weeks the Chiefs have lost. We'd almost gone two full months without a loss. You got to nitpick it. You got to find the little threads within the cloth that stick out as to why it's not a perfect thread. And both times that the Chiefs have lost, the wide receiver room can be held accountable. Somebody's got to be held accountable. Right? Andy Reid said in his postgame there were things he saw that he hadn't seen before. And this was a game in which you were playing from behind. You were also playing a defense or a divisional foe on the road. No matter how you want to describe it, it's tough to win on the road. And the fact that Mahomes had gone 16 straight without losing on the road is insane. I'd love to see the closest that record is right now of anybody in the league. Because two has lost at Buffalo and he's lost at Philadelphia. Now, the Buffalo game is a division loss. Patrick Mahomes, 16 straight division game wins on the road. I mean, that's uncharted territory. So when you lose that game, yes, the 16-1 and screams out a lot louder than the 16-0 and did. Because now there's another number. Now you have to talk about it. And the Chiefs sit on the top of the standards list because they've been merely perfect every single year that Andy Reid has been the coach except for that 9-7 and seven season. And even more so with the addition of Patrick Mahomes. The Ravens, right? We didn't know which Ravens team was going to be there. We still may not know which Ravens team is going to be there. Six and two, just like Kansas City, just like Miami, just like the Jags. The Jaguars, who a lot of people think are the hottest team in football right now, they lost to the Chiefs at home at noon and only scored nine points. And we quickly got over that as a nation that watches sports. I don't know. This Jags team's good. What happens when they play the Chiefs? Well, they, they may not play them again to the playoffs. But the last time they played them, they only scored nine. Why is that? Chiefs lose to Denver. 
They lose by more than four for the first time in 40 consecutive games. That's the problem. That's the standard. The Chiefs just don't often lose, and they don't often lose like they did. They lost to Denver. They got beat 24-9. to They lost on the road on a division game. And Patrick Mahomes lost for the first time in his career versus Denver. There's a lot of things that stack up to that, but also scream higher standard. And like I said before, when the kid that's the number one athlete on the team, he's going to get a little bit more action than the other kids. Even if he has 15 points, but he had three fouls. We got to clean that up. That's the first time he's had three fouls in 15 straight games. Clean it up. The little Scotty over here had eight points and five fouls fouled out. But you know what? He's never scored more than four points in his life. So that's good for him. And that's where it stands. It's a revenge game on the other side in Miami and Chiefs and Germany. There's a heel. There's a face. You can probably guess who's which. We'll do that next on After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. this group and I love this song it's a very underrated talking head song talking heads in general I feel like are a little underrated yeah do you ever listen to uh, LCD sound system yeah on occasion they're kind of like the modern day version of the talking heads a little bit for sure all my friends great song oh fantastic 913-586-7610 that's Jay Southland toast service text line thanks everybody that participated in the out of left field question and everybody that's been here all night um, Halloween edition of After Hours. Do you think everybody's done or do you, is like 9 o'clock the limit? Because you know how 4th of July, you know, they, they put a limit on it. It's like 11 o'clock, wrap it up, midnight, we'll let you. But after that, like, you think there's still kids out there, you know, jonesing around, see if there's a light bulb on, you know? I guess, but I it's pretty dark. It's been dark for like an hour and a half now. I think longer than that. It gets dark at like 6.30. I think 9 o'clock is the hard cutoff. Mm-hmm. If you ring my doorbell at 8.30, I guess I'll still give you candy, but I don't know, man. not past 9. I feel like when you get the doorbell ring at 8.30, it's like dudes in, like, freshman in high school. Yeah. It's like, man, come on. Like, you got to have a buddy that's an upperclassman just take you to the grocery store and buy you a bag of candy. You don't get any enjoyment out of this. Let's wake up and go get candy in the morning. I'm excited to have kids so I can do trick-or-treating again. I just don't know if it'll be the same by the time that happens. How would it be different? Well, like, you know how they still do, like, they do these truck or treat things now. I just want to be able to, at one point in my life, you know, be that guy that's, like, you know, taking, you know, little Dusty out or Dustina, whatever we decide to name her, and, uh, you know, be a superhero or be a, you know, a drunk parent and get to get, to get into that. Because I'll help coach youth soccer. I'm not going to help trick-or-treating i just think it'd be fun and which one's yours the one that's matching my outfit now tell them tell them thank you and let's get out of here i feel like if you're a single parent on halloween you could thrive 
depending on how you play your strategy. Like, if you're the single parent that just puts the fire pit out in the driveway and you're like, let's go down to Randy's house and see what he's doing. Like, hey, everybody, come out here. Let's, let's hang out. You know, hey, here's this, here's this. Oh, this is my this is my niece. You know, have you guys met? No. She like hot toddies? Good night for that. You know what I mean? That's a good point, actually. Mm-hmm. You could thrive. I also think Halloween is the number one night that people role play. Mm-hmm. Um... Tyreek Hill, you remember him? Hero, villain, kind of faded away. Now it's a full focus. I still got love for all of them boys. Patrick, Kelsey, uh, Veach, Coach Reed, EB. I still love them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But just know when we, if, if we do play them, if we do see them, it's, it's showtime. <laughs> it's showtime that game. You try, you try to go for two, three bills? What you try to go for? I, you play, let's just say for the sake of argument, you play the Chiefs in the playoffs. You try to go for three? They better have two people on me. That's all I know. <laughs> the, cheetah, the cheetah will be arriving in Kansas City or in Miami. I don't care where I'll be at. Or in Germany. Uh, Miami already there. Kansas City leaves Thursday. There will be no players only show, so you get three hours of after hours. So you lose Arrowhead Pride tomorrow night due to K-State basketball, but you gain three hours of after hours on Thursday and three hours on Friday. Uh, and then I have the weekend off because that game's at 830. Let's be honest. No one's listening to me at 9 o'clock to noon. Um, but do we, what do we think is Tyree Kill's, like where do we put it? What's, what are you okay with Tyree Kill having in this game? Six for 85 and a touchdown? Are you, or is that too much? I'm happy with that. Okay. I'm happy with that. So you're just like, I don't care. At a, at a certain point, he's good enough. He's going to get his, right? Right. Like, if he only has six catches for 80 yards, if he scores or not, I mean, they're probably going to score on the Chiefs. Somebody's going to score. Because people would say, you know, well, the Chiefs haven't played really anybody that has a good wide receiver. That's not true. Because wide receiver position is so deep in the NFL that everybody's got one, except the Chiefs. Um, Week one, St. Brown had six catches for 71 Josh Reynolds had four for 80. I'm not mad about that. Week two, Calvin Ridley had two for 32. Christian Kirk did eat 11 for 110. If Tyreek Hill has 11 for 110, does that piss you off? Well, it depends on if the Chiefs got that win or not. Right. But not not really. I, I don't know. I'm not going to let the Tyreek stuff get, to, get in my head. Okay. Now, if he scores and he starts twerking in the end zone, mm-hmm. a bunch of drunk Germans, and yeah, mm-hmm. I might get kind of mad. DJ Moore had three for 41 and a touchdown. Jets game, Garrett Wilson, probably their number one wide receiver, not probably is, even though they had Alan Lazard. Garrett Wilson had nine for 60. Lazard had three for 61. Nothing special. Justin Jefferson had 28. Keenan Allen had 55. Nobody in the Broncos worth of note. Now, anything over that 110 number, mm-hmm. if he goes from a good game to like a great game, then my blood pressure starts to rise a little bit. Yeah. The other thing that I want to see in this heel versus face rivalry is if there's a chance that Travis Kelsey can catch like a drag pass on like a drag route or like some sort of where he can get the defender behind him, catch it and go. I will literally watch the entire rest of the game with my shirt off if he hits a peace sign on the defender. 
Because I'm over the whole, like, you got to be respectful thing. No, 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 no. Let me talk to you. The Denver Broncos blaring Taylor Swift disrespect. I hope to everything that is holy, the next time Russell Wilson and the Broncos are in Arrowhead, they play future as loud as possible. Because you went there. And just like in baseball, I use the same thing. If you're a pitcher and you strike a guy out in a big moment and you do the yell in your glove and the pump of your arms and, you know, you're that guy in the viral video on the golf course that calls that one random dude Walter and you want to meet God, come get it, blank stain, that guy, you, you do that as a pitcher, I have no problem with the batter flipping his bat if he gets you the next time. The Raiders did it. Remember, they toured their bus around the stadium. And then what happened the next time? They did the ring around the rosy or whatever it was in a game. Tyreek Hill has spent a little of a year and a half just pining for this game, salivating for this game. And you know that if he scores first, there is going to be a shot taken. There is already a choreographed something against Kansas City, whether you want to believe it or not. Keep him out of the end zone, we don't see it. But if he does do it and strikes first, the hell with that. If he doesn't do it first, I would love nothing more than Travis Kelsey to catch like a drag route, take it for 30 yards, and on his way to the end zone, rock a peace sign. It's been earned. It wasn't like overnight, right? He's already slandered you enough. We know he called you a name that we can't call in the air, the Kansas City blanks, not Chiefs, but it rhymes with it. And had his, you know, bull junk that he said to Shannon Sharp, like I, you know, I told my receivers coach I wasn't getting the ball enough. I wasn't going to go tell EB or Andy. Give me a break. And then you get this game. And this, to me, is what sports is all about. Because at the end of the day, we already know, Mahomes, Kelsey, Hardman, all those guys, they're still cordial with Tyreek Hill. They're still boys. They're definitely in a text group together. They all still text each other. They probably still game with each other. But when you get on the field and you build the week up, you take all of the receipts you can so that it gives you that little bit of hate within the game that you love to see portrayed on the field. I don't want to see anything get out of hand. I don't want to see, like, punches be thrown. I don't want to see, like, you know, stuff like that where people face possible suspensions. And I obviously don't root for any injuries. But I do root for a little bit of animosity. And it's like I've always quoted and given respect to Danny Parkins for it. More hate in sports, more love in the world is what we thrive for when we do this sort of profession. And this is the perfect game for that scenario. I want to see... Those guys jawing at each other. I want to see mockery of end zone celebrations. Let's see what you got, Ty. Okay? Let's see what you got. You going to show up like you did against Buffalo, 5 for 40 in a touchdown? Or are you going to show up like you did against everybody else and get 7 for 148 and two touchdowns? You got five days to think about it. Game time's at 8.30 in the morning on Sunday. You can hear that. On our sister station, 106.5 The Wolf, you can hear pregame starting at, I think, 5.30 in the morning on 610 Sports Radio. It's wild to think about that. And tomorrow, 
Don't forget, you get DA on with Fesco in the morning, Pete Sweeney on the drive at 3 o'clock. You're listening to After Hours. On the other side, we'll get into my final thoughts. Stuff that didn't quite make the rundown. There's a little bit of an audio of an idiot. That's my tease. You're listening to After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Welcome back to After Hours. Final segment here on 610 Sports Radio as we wrap up a Halloween night, all Hallow's Eve. I forgot about a movie I do enjoy, actually, to this day, Hocus Pocus. I'm not mad about that movie. That movie's okay to me. Good good crew of actress in that movie. Um, one thing that we will see tomorrow, I believe, is um, Via from Entertainment Tonight. As we get into my final thoughts of tonight's episode, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are preparing for their first Halloween together as star tight end Travis Kelsey gets ready to host a nice little dinner party where costumes are welcome for the themed occasion. A source is told Entertainment Tonight, Travis loves Halloween, and he's planning to host some friends and teammates for a dinner party. What do you think they go as? You think they're doing couples costume already? Please. Okay. All right. <laughs> Come on. I could really see those two, and hear me out, their couple's Halloween costume could be a little outdated, but they can both pull it off. Rip and Beth Dutton from Yellowstone. You think Taylor Swift in her limited free time is binging Yellowstone episodes? No, but I mean, I'm sure he could show her a scene and be like, this is who you got to portray. You think Travis Kelsey in his limited free time is watching Yellowstone? Yes. Okay. All right. Because I think he's got more free time than you think. That's probably true. That's probably I mean, Monday, Tuesday, man, maybe you were binge watching Yellowstone. It ain't for me, but he's hosting a party and he really loves Halloween. So, you know, he deep dives into his costumes. She could kind of pull off that Beth Dutton vibe. Or he brings a mustache out and he's Ted Lasso, which is still overused as a Halloween costume. Just saying. I think there's a chance they could. We already talked about what Halloween means for people that wear costumes. And there are a couple on the show, so maybe it works. I don't know. The other thing in my final thoughts is um, it's no surprise that this guy is a bag. And if you don't know what I mean by being a bag, Dabo Sweeney, man. Let me tell you something. Uh, we want to hold on. The call of context of this is some caller called in and asked if him making 10 million a year is too much since their team is four and four. 11 games last year. And you're part of the problem, to be honest with you, because that is part of the problem. It's people like you that do that. All you do is ex, the appreciation. The expectation is greater than the appreciation, mm. and that's the problem. 
And so, you know, we've won 12 10-plus win year, seasons in a row. That's happened three times in 150 years. So if you want to know why, Clemson ain't sniff a national championship for 35 years. We've won two in seven years. And there's only two other teams that can say that, Georgia and Alabama. Okay? Is this a bad year? Is this a – Yeah. And it's my responsibility. Take 100% responsibility for it. But all this bull crap you're thinking and all these narratives you read, listen, man, you can have your opinion all you want. And you can apply for the job. And good luck to you. All right? But to answer your question, all right, we're second in draft picks. We've graduated 98% of our guys. We're second in wins. All right? We, we, if you you'd want to know why, again, I'm telling you, we're not perfect. There's a lot of teams that, you know, Frank Howard never had a bad year. Coach Ford never had a bad year. Nobody's Coach K has never had a bad year in basketball. People have a bad year. But the part of the problem is the appreciation. I used to tell people all the time, they'd say, what's the difference in Clemson? Let me tell you, at, Cle- at some places there's an expectation, but at Clemson there's an appreciation. And what's happened at Clemson is, is we've won so much that even when we – it used to be the funds and the winning. Now even when you win, people like you complain. Kiss my white ass. That Dabo does suck big time. Dabo sucks He a lot. makes it all about him with his stupid little sprint on the field. What do you say where you have NIL? We've always had it under, under name, image, and likeness of God. Like, why do you have to bring religion into it? Let people just live their lives. And then a guy calls in and asks a question, which obviously he got exactly what he wanted. He poked the bear, the bear bit, and Dabo did exactly what he wanted him to do. Dabo Sweeney sucks. I can't wait for the day where Clinton's like, we've decided to move on. Dabo sucks a lot. Did that guy win every gear? Is that guy good at everything he does? No, but as much BS as you talk about how great you are, you're having a really down year this year. It wasn't great at Clemson last year either. Somebody about trick-or-treating with kids as a parent. It's great, Dusty. People serve booze, booze balls, and adult drinks while you're trick-or-treating. And they said, get a kid. (laughs) Hey, man. Grant, it was good to see you again, man. It's been a while. I'm glad you were here tonight. It was a fun time. Thanks for all the music. It was great. Perfectly scripted and everything. Uh, To everybody out there, have a safe night. Hope you had a great Halloween. We'll be back on Thursday from 6 to 9. As always, go do nice things for people. It's cool to care. Take care, Kansas City. Be safe. I'm Dusty Likens. I'll talk to you on Thursday night. Good night, Kansas City. The ghouls all came from their humble abode to get a jolt from my electro. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views.